0: The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey, All 7 Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Brock Purdy can do it all. He's the modern day Steve Zahn. It is I, Rob Paul, aka Ritter Ready. And with me, as always, is AJ Woolen Ink, got that sauce, Marchese. What did you say? Today, we're talking all the best and worst NFL rookies from week 14 of the NFL season. Let's. See seven,
1: seven. Seven rounds in heaven with my baby Driving out to Casey, maybe Looking for a Stroud or a
0: bright Young
1: Who's gonna wear a Hawaiian shirt today Who's gonna
0: put ketchup on a stick Who's gonna,
1: Who's gonna find a steal
0: In the fifth,
1: the home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And And that's a song.
0: Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising Tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open sportsdrink ty- on Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sportsdrink, without the vowels. Oh, yes, that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. I kind of messed that ad up, but that's okay. That's okay. They've heard it before. And they'll hear it again. Yep. Unless a meteor hits Earth.
1: Oh, okay. Well, uh, tell me I'm wrong. Or would you podcast through the meteor shower? Oh, definitely. Come on now. I would just keep repeating that ad as like a yeah, source of inspiration for people. Um, speaking
0: of inspirations, one of the... Uh, is that what you said? Inspiration? Mm-hmm. Okay. One of the most inspirational not not outside of the game of football but in the game of football Mike Leach few coaches changed the game like Mike Leach did he touched college football in a way we've never seen it's trickled into the NFL um, you, you pick out some of the best quarterbacks over the last decade they are connected to Leach in some way Mike Leach passed away due to do due to a heart condition this past weekend uh, as a result, Mississippi State has named defensive coordinator Zach Arnett as their new full-time head coach. An um, end of an era. Few few people have gone, if anybody, probably nobody, has gone to three harder places to win and won the way Mike Leach did.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, so to of nowhere, so sad. It just also happened so fast that obviously um, Mississippi State's already named Arnett their head coach. and. It seemed like they had to do it quickly because other coaches were trying to poach their players, which is, I mean, the nature of the beast, but just really, really sad. I mean, for real, uh, Mike Leach's impact its going to be felt for a long, long time and in, in, like, in, in all levels of football, like you just said.
0: Yeah, obviously, uh, I can pinpoint the moment I truly fell in love with the game of football. It was uh, 2008. Texas Tech, Texas, Michael Crabtree baby. Crabtree with two seconds left yep. that I always loved football, but that was the moment I fell in love with football. So uh, I've always loved Mike Leach um, for what he, what he did for the game of football, obviously quite a character off the field as well. And one of a kind he'll be missed. Um, I it's, it's been nice to see all, all the tributes and, and kind of people understanding how impactful he's been. I mean, Lincoln Riley, Dana Holgerson, mm-hmm. um, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, like, there's the
1: list goes on, the coaches you can name, and it, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. It is, again, sad as hell. Um, yeah, that was definitely one of my moments, too. I remember having, I had, a, I had a Texas fan on my street that I used to play football with, and like, Raz and him about Crabtree's big play, it was just, it was fun. I mean, it was such a lovable team, and like you said, like, Leach is, you know, has coached so many lovable teams, and... Won so many games that, you know, and changed so many programs that no one had business doing. So, um, yeah, so so sad. Uh, in
0: other news, Navy fired head coach Ken Neumatol. Nium- can you say his last name, Major I, I, I can't, actually. I always struggle with it, too. Um, but, Ken, everyone, yeah. The best coach in program history. Uh, they fell to the Army in double overtime on a heartbreaking fumble. He was fired after the game in the locker room, by the sounds of it. Very... Uh, Kind of, kind of a not respectful way to no. fire the best coach in program history, but hey. Uh, some of the names that have come up to replace them, Kennesaw State head coach Brian Bohannon, Army OC, Brent Davis, Air Force OC, Mike Theseian Navy defensive coordinator Brian Newberry, who is currently the interim. Um, Bohannon, Davis, and Thesean are all tied to the triple option. Uh, Newberry's obviously already on staff, so tied to the triple option as well. Uh, it sounds like Navy's not gonna stray too far from the triple option um so hey that's
1: uh that, that was kind of out of nowhere it was I mean I don't know like, is there more to this like what's the what's the logic behind this
0: well I, I don't know it was the weird thing last uh, season when they the the ad fired his offensive coordinator. During the season, then they hired him back, and I don't know. It just feels like it it was going the wrong direction, both on the field and
1: off. Weird.
0: Yeah. Uh, More positive news. Purdue hired Illinois defensive coordinator Ryan Walters. North Texas hired Washington State offensive coordinator Eric Morris, another leech guy. Stanford hired Sacramento State head coach Troy Taylor, and Kent State hires Minnesota assistant head coach and running back coach
1: Kenny Burns we see Walters go to Purdue and instantly uh give uh, a Maccabee scholarship which was a great moment um it, it felt like you know like i feel like a lot of purdue fans i think we talked about it like you know this their their whole every time purdue's fun it's because they have a fun offensive coach Walters is obviously a defensive guy so their OC hire is going to be really interesting um but yeah no that's that's a great great start i think to to get the fans over on him you know
0: yeah, and, and he's been one of the best defensive coordinators the last couple Definitely. of years. He's, I, I love that hire. I love Eric Morris to North Texas. It's funny. North Texas fires Seth Luttrell, yeah, who was a leech guy. They hire Eric Morris, who's also a leech guy, brings that, that air raid attack, uh, keeps the air raid attack in Denton. I like that. Troy Taylor. I mean, Stanford could have really botched this thing and hired Jason Garrett. So <laughs> this feels like a slam dunk that they hired Troy Taylor, who whose last game at Sacramento State was – that insane uh, loss to Incarnate Word. Yeah. Which is where
1: Eric Morris was the head coach Lots last of, year. Incarnate Word's got their fingerprints all over college football. Love it. Um, yeah, <laughs> Jason Garrett would have been a lot worse. I think that's that's what you could say about
0: that hire. And then Kenny Burns, uh, big ties to the MAC in the Midwest in general.
1: Uh, interesting hire. Yeah, it is. I mean, Minnesota, I mean, hey, if, if you can coach Moe you, you can coach anyone in my opinion couple NFL draft declarations as well. Running
0: offense, then we'll do defense. Stanford QB Tanner McKee, Auburn running back Tank Bigsby, Northwestern running back Evan Hull, North Carolina receiver Josh Downs, Tennessee receivers Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman, Penn State receiver Parker Washington, Maryland
1: receiver Raheem Jarrett, and Wisconsin center Joe Tipman. Um, I know we've seen first-round Tanner McKee talk. If Tanner McKee's a first-round pick, how how much would you lose your mind?
0: I, this, to, to me, this is not a great quarterback class in terms of depth. He
1: picked a good it's, class, that's for sure. Like, it, he shouldn't be
0: above the— I don't think he's a top-five quarterback in this class, but he also shouldn't be above fifth. And the fact that some people are talking him as a first-round pick, I just can't see it at all. Like, at least with the Will Levis thing— like, I can understand why with McKee. I don't understand. Uh, agreed. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Downs, one of my favorite players in the draft. That's, a, that's an exciting one. And, yep. And I'm interested to see how high Jalen Hyatt can go after his breakout year with the Vols.
1: Yeah, definitely. I feel like he's, I mean, all that you don't see him in first-round talk at all, but, like, he, he's a sleeper to go to go higher than that. High, you know, whenever you get a speedy receiver and a class is still wide open.
0: Um senior bull or sorry, I didn't do the defense yet. Did defense. So many
1: names to name I'm getting mixed
0: up. LSU edge rusher BJ O'Jolari, Clemson defensive lineman, Miles Murphy, Clemson linebacker, Trenton Simpson, Utah corner, Clark Phillips, Texas A and M safety Antonio Johnson. Bunch of heavy hitters there.
1: Yeah, Ojolari has had a hell of a year and it feels like he's still gonna keep on rising through the process. I I think he can be a guy that, you know, sneaks into the first round or, or better. Um,
0: I, I'm excited to dive a little deeper into Antonio Johnson. I feel like he kind of got lost in the shuffle of the Aggies down season. Yeah. Um, this is a deep safety class. Uh, he's kind of been the guy who all year was pinpointed as a potential first round pick in, in, in this class. So I'm interested to dig in on him a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and of course we love Clark Phillips. Of course we do. Senior bowl acceptance tracker, offense, a lot of offensive tackles this week. Uh Oklahoma tight end, Braden Willis, Ohio State tackle Dewan Jones, Bama tackle, Tyler Steen, Tennessee tackle, Darnell Wright, and Florida tackle Richard Gurage.
1: Um, how you think your guy Dewan Jones is gonna do down in Mobile, Rob?
0: Uh this tackle group's really interesting. I think right now he is the most physically imposing and most talented tackle he had he took such a leap this year i'm really excited to see him in these one-on-ones and we know it's a good edge group as of now that will be in mobile like potentially seeing tyree wilson against Dewan jones that's 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 uh, fireworks oh
1: yeah i think Darnell Wright can help himself a lot there too it's helped himself this year had a lot of good games a couple games but uh overall really really strong year um two those are the maybe the two best right tackles in this class yeah yeah definitely
0: and Steen's kind of my, my my guy I've been banging the table for uh, since the summer, so glad he's there. Defensively, speaking of good edges, uh, and defensive linemen in general, Clemson, defensive lineman Tyler Davis, Notre Dame edge Isaiah Foskey, Army edge Andre Carter, Ohio State edge Zach Harrison, Miami corner Tyreek Stevenson, Oregon State corner John Wright, South Carolina safety Darius
1: Rush. I feel like um, all eyes are going to be on Andre Carter this week in mobile not this week but the week in mobile uh first and foremost because you know everyone's gonna be respecting the troops but also like it's such an interesting year you know like like just, just such an interesting you know place for him to show up and we just talked about how good the tackle group is and you know he's he just gets you know overlooked in our army but I, he's you know he could be a huge huge riser if he puts it all together there Yeah, seeing how he stacks up with, like, Foskey,
0: Tyree Wilson. I mean, even Zach Harrison, who I don't think either of us believes that like top 50 guy, but Zach Harrison's still in a physically imposing guy, 6'6", 270, like a Carlos Dunlap type. Uh, Tyreek Stevenson's also a guy um, Mm -hmm. who I'm I'm glad's there because on a bad Miami team, we we didn't talk about him much this year, but uh, I thought he looked like one of the best senior corners running the year, if not uh, the best one. and two special teamers, Alabama kicker Will Reichert and VMI
1: long snapper Robert Sodernholm the third. Love whenever we get VMI representation, bro. That's all that's all I got to see. Got to and say. Man, it's huge. It's huge. It's huge.
0: Uh, speaking of huge, here's a huge East West Ryan Bowl acceptance list before we get into our NFL <laughs> rookies. And starting with your two favorites off the top. Houston fullback slash edge Derek Parrish. Minnesota running back, Moe. Yeah, Bruhne. baby. Fresno State re- running back, Jordan Mims. Fresno State receiver, Jalen Marino Cropper. North Carolina receiver, Antoine Green. Michigan State tight end, Daniel Barker. Boise State tackle, John Ojukwu. Maryland tackle, Spencer Anderson. NC State guard, Chandler Zavala. Penn State center, Drew Scruggs. Texas defensive lineman, Moro Romo, Cincy linebacker, Ivan Pace Jr. Utah linebacker, Mo Di- Diabite. Duke linebacker Shaka Hayward, TCU corner Trevisus Hodges, Tomlinson, Ohio State corner Cam Brown, Texas corner Deshaun Jamison, and Western Kentucky defensive back Khalif Halassi. That's a
1: good group of names, Rob. You named them very names. well, and that's a good good group no, of names. I'm stumbling. I'm on my mailing. Yeah, yeah. I'm mailing this. I was this trying year. to pick you up, um, but no, um, that's a group. That's a good group of players. Go ahead. Sorry.
0: I'm really excited about the Fresno State guys. Uh, I think Mims is one of the more underrated backs in this class, uh, a guy who was kind of their pass catching back last couple of years and took on the full running back role this year. And, and Marino Cropper is a really exciting yak player, kind of a, a twitchy slot receiver. I like both those gets. And um, defensively, I like I've been pacing, and obviously Trevious Hodges-Tomlinson.
1: Yeah, that was a good I, – I think, you know, Deshaun Jamison at Texas had a really good year this year. A uh, dynamic player, I think he could help himself. That's a good group. Like, I think overall that's a good group of uh, – it's a good crop. Does it just speak to the strength of the class, or is it just put putting work in, Rob? I don't know. I don't
0: know. Hodges, Thompson, Deshaun Jameson could be two of the, like, more highly viewed nickel type of corners. Yeah,
1: yeah, maybe nickel one and two potentially. Oh, calling know. a shot? No, I'm not at all. Just... <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't know. You know. Wow, you backed off that so quick. That Deshaun Jameson, one of my favorites, and I know I just don't listen. So. Uh, very few linebackers were as productive as Ivan Pace yeah. Jr. this year. Yeah, that's that's facts.
0: Maxim ties, rare blitzing type of off ball linebacker. Uh, NFL week 14, rookie superlatives. Starting with the rookie quarterback rundown. Exciting week. New names. Kenny Pickett got hurt. (laughs) Kenny Pickett threw one pass. It was incomplete. Two carries, 16 yards. uh, Got a concussion. Was put back into the game, and then they decided he couldn't play. That was really, really questionable. Second concussion of the year, too. I really didn't – as a Steelers fan and just a fan of football,
1: I did not enjoy watching them kind of fumble that. I'm surprised I didn't see more people talking about it. This have you he, like it just the
0: the important thing too is he took the hit, he got up, he looked wobbly, yeah. He went into concussion protocol. He passed concussion protocol, went back into the game for a series, didn't take another hit. Then they decided he he was done. That's weird. And again, it's his second concussion of the year. Like, what are we doing here, people?
1: I don't know, it's like. What was that the spotter or like? But then he already went through protocol. That's a very strange.
0: Yeah, mechanics. and, like, he was
1: clearly wobbly, and he clearly hit his head on the turf. Uh, By new protocols, I, was... I swear that's instantly he's supposed to be not in the football game. He – I don't think he should start this week.
0: Yeah. It's probably – Like, he's been limited in practice. Rudolph and Trubisky split reps. Um, just let Trubisky go out there and sling that thing. Yeah, baby. Okay, that. That guy was pushing the ball downfield for better or for worse against the Ravens. But, yeah, so that that's that of a Kenny Pickett. It, it sucked to watch them kind of fumble that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, hey, we did have some good rookie quarterback play this week. Who, Rob? Brock freaking Purdy. Brock solid, baby. Uh, 16 of 21 for 185, two TDs, ran, ran for a two-yard touchdown against Tampa. Yep. Yeah. Hung another 30 points on a team from Florida. Got the win against Tom Brady. Has the torch
1: been passed? Yeah, I think. Did you see that one graphic they threw up during the game that was comping them to each other? Yeah, but I think that's torch passed, Rob. I think they're right. Purdy's the new Brady. Well, hey, I mean, Mr. Irrelevant, like, he doesn't have the same
0: pedigree as Brady, a six-round pick.
1: I love that, like, Purdy puts down Tom in his last game probably ever in San Francisco at home for him. Just and Brock Purdy stands in his way. Like I love it. Um, like okay, but but obviously we both
0: didn't think Brock Purdy was going to be anything in the NFL. He wasn't very good at Iowa State. That's like, and that's not just us as NFL draft people thinking that. Like that that that's the consensus of college football fans. I, I've been seeing on Twitter are, are like shocked he's this yeah. right now, just based on what he was at Iowa State. Like for the Cyclones, he was a great college quarterback, but no one ever thought he. He kind of do anything at the next level, and then he's coming into this game against Tampa. The one one play that stood out the most to me was on that play action. He has a one on one with Joe, with Joe Trion. does like the Brett Favre swim move to beat the pass rusher, scrambles up in the pocket way off platform, rips one over uh, over a defensive back, like layering the ball perfectly to Debo Samuel for a first down. It was yeah. it was incredible. There was a there was a couple. Just he looked really good out of structure and off platform. He's doing a really good job extending plays. He he keeps his eyes downfield when he scrambles, but he's also not afraid to tuck it and run. And, 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 like there was a third and eleven where he picked up a first down. Um, the the T D to CMC like yes, CMC was quite open. So was Brandon Ayuk. Both those guys got a lot of uh, a lot of separation. On those touchdown passes, but he still got it to
1: them, and, and that's and, better than we've seen from some rookie quarterbacks over the last couple of years. Definitely, and pretty took a big hit on that CMC touchdown. He took a big hit too, and he yeah, still delivered. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm I look pretty. Pretty played very very well. I still think the media around him is kind of annoying, just from my perspective. I, that has nothing to do with him. Um, but, like, people acting like that CMC throw was, like, an all time what a throw It was a great throw. It was a really good throw. But, like you said, he was pretty open. Hey, well, the, the best throw he made was the Debo Samuel Absolutely. One. That was a great play. That was a great play. Um, but, yeah, like, like uh, the poise is really speaking out. And like you said, like, the way he is making plays out of structure and off-platform is is very I, – I don't think we ever saw that at Iowa State. Um, should Matt Campbell was be Mac, fired because of the That's what I going to say. Fire Matt Campbell right now. <laughs> Um uh, yeah, I mean again, he's now he's been ba- he was playing this game banged up too apparently. Got hit in the in the obliques <laughs> on the
0: second series, I believe. Yeah.
1: On the second series he might miss uh tomorrow night's game,
0: Thursday but, night football. He, and obviously you, you mentioned him hanging in tough on the C M C one. He did the same thing on the Auk one. He's yeah. not afraid to take a hit. Yeah. And he's playing really well at a structure. He's using his legs both as a passer and as a runner. He uh I mean I, I don't want to overhype it because we've seen Shanahan get the most out of lesser quarterbacks the, in the yeah, past. This Nick Mullins, yes. C.J. Beathard. And the, this same the same conversations happened.
1: The same conversations going back. And going all back those
0: guys back. are the same quarterback. They are. Um, but it's still cool. And, I mean, Brock Purdy's playing better football than Kenny Pickett has this year.
1: Yeah, and I think Purdy's got a chance to be the best of those three. Uh, so that's good.
0: Um, he's, and he's Mr. He, Relevant,
1: so that makes it extra fun. It is it is very fun. I think it's just would this be happening on a different team probably not. So hats off to to Shanahan, big time, but um if, if this if if Shanahan locks up the division this week maybe even without Purdy and like you know goes in and and you know gets a uh, I mean probably can't we're not going to get the bye but maybe the second seed or, or third seed is that, does that like solidify him as coach of the year? Probably it should, but it might not. Probably won't. We'll probably give it to Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, they, they probably will. And like not not undeserved, but like that's that's very impressive. Anyways, um, I, I I hope I hope Pretty plays tomorrow. I think that'd be a lot of fun. See him on Thursday Night Football. Decent Seattle uh, secondary, terrible run defense. They're going to run for three hundred fifty yards tomorrow night. But yeah, he's been he's been a ton of fun and better than I think anyone could have ever anticipated.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get, get a taste of Desmond Ritter this week because I thought he was yeah. the most pro-ready quarterback in this in this draft class in general. And Kenny Pickett's been fine. Seeing Brock Purdy kind of play this well has been exciting. Uh, we also saw we got our first taste of Anthony Brown this week too. Yeah, that, that's sick. He came in against the Steelers when Tyler Huntley got hurt and he didn't lose the game. Um, he did a great job handing the football off. Went three for five, 16 yards. Not going to lie, his arm looked re- like there was one. He just sailed this ball to no one. But, hoof the RPM's on that throw.
1: <laughs> he had those moments back in college, too. Um, I think if, if Anthony Brown goes out and has a good game, well, there's going to be a lot of upset Duck fans. He yeah, he might have to start this week. It
0: sounds yeah like it, Huntley's a long shot. Um, really
1: interesting. It is really interesting. Um, it, it's funny. It's such a goofy class. We've had so many guys have to play a lot of football, like guys that are completely out of nowhere. <laughs> guys that at this time last year I told you would be starting this late in the NFL season, you would never believe me, but here we are. It's fun. Um,
0: is is Anthony Brown the best Oregon quarterback in the NFL? Uh, yep, 100%. Well, he's, he might be better than Marcus Mariota. <laughs> he might be. He's certainly better than Bonex.
1: Bonics going the first round, bud. All right, I don't know, what you're, I don't know what you're
0: talking about. Uh, all right, tell, give it to me straight. Do, do any other rookie quarterbacks play that I don't know about? Uh no, no. Okay, let's let's get on with it. Uh, for offensive rookie of the week, I'm going with Anthony Brown's teammate, the guy snapping him the football, Tyler Freakin Linderbaum, who was one of the steals of the draft when he fell right into the Ravens mm-hmm. lap, and we all knew it. Um. Obviously, it wasn't a huge offensive output from Baltimore, but they were, without Lamar, Huntley got hurt. They're playing with Anthony freaking Brown, and they're still running the ball with such ease. They ran for 215 yards against the Steelers without really being a threat of pa- of passing. Um, and Linderbaum just... His ease of movement, his his ability to chip and climb, is so ridiculous. There was uh, on J.K. Dobbins' best run. J.K. Dobbins, by the way, who looked explosive, was getting a huge help because he was getting hit until he's five yards downfield a lot of the time. Um, but on, one, on on his biggest run, Linderbaum chips Cam Hayward into his uh, into his right guard and then climbs to Devin Bush, who who's kind of unblocking in the hole and just rips open this massive hole for Dobbins to hit. Um, it was a lot of that. It was a lot of his his ability to move in in short areas and 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 reach those linebackers to chip those defensive linemen and, and kind of two for one guys open these massive holes and it, the amount of times I swear he was just running over uh, Devin Bush or just running Devin Bush out of the play it was it was ridiculous. Um, and, and, and by the way, Ben Cleveland looked pretty good next to him.
1: Yes, I like to hear that. I feel like. Of all the rookies, who are playing. You know, as good as Linderbaum is, he feels like he's getting the least appreciation. Which is understandable because he's a center, I guess. But you know, you'll even see other offensive linemen getting more love than Linderbaum is. And I don't know if any rookie offensive lineman's playing as well as he is. And and I I just want to point out too, like
0: I know his his size and length are always kind of the biggest concern with him coming out of Iowa. Like he was. Obviously, it wasn't like he was going up one-on-one with Cam Hayward all game mm-hmm. or anything in pass protection situations. But, the, like, Cam Hayward wasn't kicking his ass at all. The Cam, Cam Hayward didn't get much pressure when they did throw. And, and I, I like, Tyler Huntley should go to the Pro Bowl as a rookie. Uh, I believe he's the, actually the highest-graded offensive lineman in Week 14 by PFF, too. Um, he's just been unbelievable. Perfect fit for this team. And I feel like it's been quiet. I know we've given him Offensive Rookie of the Week honors before, but mm-hmm. he's just been so quietly good. And I feel like last year, Creed Humphrey got a little more buzz than Tyler yep. Linderbaum's
1: getting this year. But Linderbaum's been just as good as Humphrey last year. I was about to, it's funny, because I was about to ask who he thinks having a better season, Linderbaum this year or Humphrey last year, and I think that's fair. I mean, I think Humphrey just came with, you know, the, the territory of being Mahomes' center and this revamped off, and the whole story behind it, and... The Ravens have not been super inspiring especially of late, right? So but no, I, I think pound for pound you're right. They they've been he's been just as good to Humphrey was last year. Um two guys that shouldn't have fallen to where they did. That's that's for sure. Um who's your offensive rookie of the week? Uh, I didn't have uh anyone that blew me away this week. I know I'm getting boring here, Rob, but my offensive rookie of the week is Gary Wilson again.
0: Um oh, I thought it was going to be Brock Purdy. <laughs>
1: No, it was a quieter performance for Garrett Wilson by his recent standards, but it's still so fucking good. Six catches, 78 yards, nothing like over the top explosive, but just a lot of like, like good stuff. Like the one play, like he just caught a little slant, um, just like, you know, in the middle of the field, made a man miss, picked up a first. He's just so, so smooth and so sudden. Like it's both. He's just, (laughs) he's just so hard to stop. And then he he had a couple of terrific, like sideline grabs. One, just like a really, really nice toe tapper. Uh, the other, he took a huge hit that was probably a late hit out of bounds, didn't get the flag, held on to that one, um, had a little chain mover where he just got like Trey White to flip his hips, sold the upfield, uh, and then just broke it off to the sideline, and got the first down, made it look really, really easy. It just a really complete, like again, not not flashy, no touchdowns, no huge plays, but just very complete in the, in the bad weather in Buffalo. If, if he had consistent quarterback play all year, he'd be the rookie of the year favorite, like by far. I know he might be right now anyways, but... The year he could have had, um, you know, would have been extremely impressive. I know it already is, but statistically, very, very impressive. Uh, if if Mike White, like yeah, Mike White, was going in and out of this game, he was banged up. Like he wasn't playing too great either. It was it was really all Garrett Wilson. Um, he's become a true wide receiver one very quickly in the NFL. He he leads
0: all rookies in broken tackles uh, on receptions this year. He's um, been so he, so dynamic after the catch. He's top five in pretty much every rookie receiving category. Uh yards per target, um first downs, uh yards after catch. It's it's pretty it's pretty amazing how, how well he's done given that kind of inconsistent quarterback play there. Um Chris Olave's also kind of been top five in all those categories mm-hmm. as
1: well. They're uh them buckers aren't so shabby. It's the big ten. It's not the buckeyes. It's the Big Ten. So Leonard Baum and Wilson are the office rookie of the week for us. Um speaking of the Big
0: Ten, Kayvon Thibodeau never played in it, but he would have no. been perfect he would have been perfect as a buckeye. <laughs> uh he's my defensive rookie of the week. I didn't have like a clear guy. Um but I thought Kayvon Thibodeau in a in a tough loss to the Eagles where there was not a lot going right, I thought I thought he played a pretty good game against a really strong offensive line, probably the NFL's best offensive line. Um, he he uh, he didn't get credited with a sack, but there was a play where uh, he took he he uh, went inside on Jordan Mulata and got held. He he went with a rip move, got held, and and uh, him and Azizoglu already met at Jalen Hurts. Um, he also had another play where he, they asked him to drop into coverage, uh, and he looked really good in space and, and broke up a, a pass. I think it was to, actually to Grant Calcaterra, so a little rookie on rookie crime. Um, and then uh, he finished with four pressures on 15 pass rush snaps, which obviously not a ton of pass rush snaps, mm-hmm. but to generate four pressures in that time, and just his get-off was, was giving them issues. Um, him and Aziz Ojolari have a chance to be – one of the best young pass rush tandems. I think next year it'll really all come together because I know the sacks haven't come yet for Kayvon Thibodeau, but if you watch the games, he's been the best rookie pass rusher in this class, I think, hands down. Um, and it's that kind of – it's it's the elite athleticism is what kind of kickstarts it all for him. But you're really starting to see him use those hands, use different moves, not just go speed rush outside and try to dip under tackles all the time. You're seeing him – like I said, he he, he went inside on Malata with a rip move, and it worked. Um, his get off has just been so ridiculous. Uh, he he is I, – I don't know why he wasn't the first pass rusher drafted – um, I guess Aiden Hutchinson's putting up better numbers. But, uh, you know, if if Jalen Hurts couldn't move so well, I think Kevon Thibodeau probably finished th- this game with two sacks.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you don't... You haven't been looking at our mentions, obviously, because uh, people telling us that Hutchinson's the best pass rusher because he got the sacks, Rob. So you look kind of silly, I think. Do you think... Just sorry. Do you
0: think... Obviously, it's it's sauce and Tariq Willem for defense work of the year right now. People, People... I think feel strongly that Aiden Hutchinson's third, and I don't think that's the case at all. Who would you put third? Kayvon Thibault. I feel like he just he doesn't have the numbers to to actually do it. But okay, but watch the games, and he's better than Aiden
1: Hutchinson. Yeah, he is week in week out. Yeah, so that's what that's what I mean. He also missed more like, time. Uh, missed time though, like. But yeah, no, he's playing. Yeah, better but than, I mean,
0: yeah, he's 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 missed time, but he's played so much better than Aiden Hutchinson just because Aiden Hutchinson was out there getting. Getting uh, zero burgered by by the Buffalo Bills on Thanksgiving doesn't mean uh, I, th- I think you should be defensive rookie. Uh, how week many picks does Tymedio
1: have? No, I mean I don't even I don't even care who's third though. It, it's it's a race between Roland and Sauce. <laughs> hey, Hutchinson was good this week. I'll mention him in flashed and uh, Walker was pretty good this week too. I'll mention him too. Anyways, uh, my defensive rookie of the week is neither nor them. Uh, it's Jalen Petrie, who who had twelve tackles and two PPU's in that near upset of the Cowboys. It's 16 tackles last week. What's this man doing, dude? Okay, so so there was one series right before halftime. Dallas was driving. They were down 17 14. The Cowboys, where that is, And the most fun series, maybe from an entire defensive rookie of this year. But at least at least DBs. First, he, he laid a huge hit on Gallup. He didn't force an completion, but like, man, he, he was he was too high. He came down to the sideline. That the speed, the range was ridiculous. Just the break on it was awesome and put a big hit. And then the very next play, I think it was Gallup again, met him at the ball on a little underneath thing. Uh, that time he separated him from the ball. Uh, just the reading and reacting and coming downhill, just the way he quit, shot it so quickly was ridiculous. Two days, two plays later, um, he, he, they throw one to Schultz in the end zone, gets to the ball again, kind of like from behind, but puts a hit on Schultz, forces the incompletion. And then on third down, he, he has a great PBU. That would have been a first down to keep them uh, moving the sticks into the red zone, down to the five, sorry, down to the 5-yard line. Uh, great PBU on Noah Brown. Just, again, triggering down was awesome. Um, that was all in one series. In, like, in the span of like 8 plays, it was great. Um, also had a tackle on the goal line on Zeke. Just like 1-on-1 inside submarine them was great play. Um, just cut him down. Uh, ended up with a goal line, 4th line, fourth down stand. He just like made so many throws tough for Dak. And I was like holding on to the ball like... Like, even harder for receivers. And, like... When the rest of the D di- isn't a disaster, he's going to be such a difference maker uh, in the league. I know, I
0: know he got credited with giving up a lot of yards uh, in coverage. But uh, it feels like a, a lot of the time, like, he's just the only one who's doing anything when you watch the Texans. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. He was, like... Honestly, he looked like Honey Badger this week, I thought. Uh, you mean the, the leading Pro Bowl vote-getter in the NFC among
1: safeties? <laughs> exactly, yeah. He was so good. He was so good. And, yeah, it's like, it's such a tough ask for a rookie safety to be everywhere on a bad defense.
0: Yeah, it's like, I, I feel like it's him, Jerry Hughes, and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. You that's know? Pretty Jerry much Hughes it. is playing really well.
1: Uh Oboe Konkwo. Was playing good this week, like it's oh, wait, okay. That's okay. That's kind of a hit. Tremont Smith had two, two, two interceptions. Still sick. Um. Oh, you know what? Every time I watch him, Tremont Smith. That
0: is, I, I'm always like, that guy is so big for a defensive back. He's like he's, thick. He's, he's he is he is a big boy. Uh, so it's just something to keep in mind. Um, speaking of first round rookies and New York Giants. Kavon Thibodeau's teammate Evan Neal had a tough, tough game. And it sucks because obviously last week I talked him up after he returned from the injury. He looked quite good against the Commanders, especially in the run game. This week, man, it's just like it's not fair to throw these guys in against this Eagles defensive line. And I know the Eagles defensive line is not even at full health right now. But to ask Evan Neal to deal with um, Hassan Reddick and Brandon Graham. And man, Hassan Reddick just killed him. It was Hassan Reddick, like pretty much the whole game. He gave up eight pressures, a sack, and had a full start. Um, he just, you know what? He just isn't reaching his landmarks. He he's like hesitating, and I swear it's because he knows Hassan Reddick's such an athlete, right? And, and, and such a fluid pass mm-hmm. rusher. Off the snap, he he takes one kick step, and he kind of stops because I think he's trying to make up for the this the athletic difference by trying to get hands on him. But then it just. It kind of stops his momentum of reaching the limit, and then Hassan Reddick just has a step on him. Like yeah. he just, there's something weird going on there. Because uh, I, I don't know if it was part of the, like the game plan in this game, but it kept happening uh, against Hassan Redick, and, at, like at times, like he would just cut block him because I, I think maybe they knew he just couldn't necessarily handle
1: it. That's weird. It
0: it it, it was super weird and. I, I didn't love seeing kind of like the weird, just can't get to the spot, um, and like of course like uh, uh, at other times, Hassan Reddick's just beating him there because he's so much so such an athletic pass pass rusher, um, but like Evan Neal needs to just kind of, I don't know, speed up his kick step to reach those landmarks because he, he just couldn't get there. He couldn't get to his third step before Hassan Redick had had turned the edge. It was. Uh, it was tough, even when Reddick wasn't getting there and wasn't like officially getting a pressure. He was kind of beating them.
1: That's weird. I mean, I didn't see too much of that issue at Bama, and like obviously he faced a lot of good I know. Pass rushers. And he's a real he's a quite an athletic guy. For I know he's a mammoth of a human, but he's an athletic mammoth. You know. Yeah, he is. But the, I also think Hassan Reddick's quietly been one of the best pass rushers in the NFL this year. It feels like like if he got consistent snaps, Reddick that is, he would be, you know, like a all pro type of dude this year. Yeah because yeah. it's just they have so many guys that he gets you know they they shuffle him so much yeah he he also like
0: not even to just make it against athletic, uh, about athleticism but uh like it felt like the the hand placement for neil was a little off too hmm. redick was doing a good job like he was just kept going to to swipes and chops uh and i i think it it was to kind of make up for his lack of length against neil and it, i don't know neil just I, I don't think he's used to pass rushers who are both athletic and, and violent handed.
1: Uh, welcome to the NFL type a moment. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Tough, tough. Um, this was a guy, my guy, worst rookie who had a great welcome to the NFL his first few weeks. Um, and, and worse might be a stretch, but like a really bad performance from our first round pick. Um, like I said, like right place, right time a lot early in the year, but, Lloyd feels like he's just been like sleepwalking a lot of the rest of the season. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. He, he's just like been very blah. Like, he was in coverage on Chig on his touchdown. I mean, I mentioned that later, but like it was just an in. It just felt like he he didn't play it tough. Didn't tackle after. I don't know about that. It was just something. It felt like an effort thing. Um, you know, getting stuck on blocks, not making plays in the run, and like again, I don't know what it's what it is. Like, it just feels like he's not. He's not trying. I don't know. It's weird, and he's been like he's been benched a couple times. And, and Chad Muma was out this week, uh, who had a really good game last week. I kind of actually forgot to mention him last week. Um, and now is uh, supposed to start next week with, alongside uh, Foya Luwakon, and um, Lloyd's going to be the backup. That's not a great look after a guy well, three weeks into the season. People were saying he's defense rookie of the year. A couple weeks ago, remember I was talking up a Chad Muma game and like yeah.
0: Devin Lloyd Devin Lloyd really took a back seat to him in that
1: game. Yeah. And Muma had like, I, I literally wrote him down. I just forgot to mention him last week. He had like 13 tackles. He was kind of all over the place. Um, and like uh, back on Lloyd though, he's only gotten six pass rush reps uh, when lined up at Edge all year. So like maybe with him like being, you know, taking a back seat, maybe we see more of that. Like I, I don't know. And like he was, you know, he's really effective at that at Utah. And it felt like a big selling point on why he would have been a first-round pick. Um, I don't know. And, like, they do funky stuff with Walker. Like, I'll mention Walker later. But, like, you know, he's dropping into coverage a lot. Like, they're doing all this funky stuff up front. It feels like Lloyd hasn't been creative. And he just feels like he's not it as just a regular off-ball linebacker right now.
0: Yeah. It's it's, it's weird because I feel like he got such a – so much high praise earlier this season because he's making mm-hmm. the splash plays. And once you kind of take those away, it's just been pretty meh.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, on a brighter note, primetime star.
1: There's only Marcus one. Jones. Yeah, there's only one choice this week, baby. The
0: man who affects the offense, the defense, and the special teams. He might be the my favorite player in the NFL right now. <laughs> like, all joking aside. Like Okay, obviously the week before he had the big, what, 47-yard touchdown on the mm-hmm. screen. This week he has the 12-yard kind of swing catch where he breaks yeah. tackle, gets the first down. It's nice. Look fast as fuck. Re- 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 returning kicks and punts, been the best rookie at that all year. Um, but then he's really playing defense now. Yeah. And Jack Jones got hurt too. So yeah. he played 89% of the snaps. Uh, gave up just that 12-yard catch to Trey McBride where he, he hammered him. Hammered him, yeah. <laughs> uh, he obviously had the gimme interception, but he still made the play. He deserved it for how good he was all, all game.
1: Like, it was it was really fun to watch him do that. I brought, there was one rap where, like, uh, I think it was earlier in the game when Jones first went out where, like, they sent Nuke deep and it was just one-on-one, him and Nuke. And and the throw wasn't good, but he 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 had him in lockstep. I'm like, yeah, okay, Jones is Jones is locked in today, and yeah, he was fantastic. And they showed that you know that little um you know p- uh, fake you know pa and then then swing past look a couple of times. So I hope they just keep mixing it in, or I don't know, just keep having new wrinkles. I don't I, you know you know who Belichick is with these type of guys. He's gonna keep mar- mixing in Marcus Jones. He'd be fun every week. He's got to at least get one touch. I think, and it's it's fun. Um, going to underwhelming
0: performance, I'm going to go with Rashad White, who statistically it was a pretty good game, 56 on the ground, Mm -hmm. 21 through the air, but a couple tough looks in pass protection, lost a fumble for the second week in a row, um, just wasn't breaking I know the 49ers defense is great, but Tampa's so... Uh, discombobulated right now that Good they word. need so much. Thank you so much out of this rookie running back, and it's it's sad that like if he doesn't have a big game, they they kind of the offense is kind of, eh,
1: yeah, eh, eh. and um, so it was just like the fumble and the, the pass protection stuff was tough. The pass pro something and and the fumbling obviously, but pass pro something he's really got to clean up because it's cost him the last couple of games. Um, mine. Speaking of pass protection, mine is uh. Mine is Dylan Parham, the, the Raiders officer of uh, guard, who, like, he was our TNF rookie spotlight because there wasn't too much going on. I thought he had his moments, and he had, like, a couple nice blocks on the run, and sprung a couple nice runs. But I thought, overall, he struggled, especially with Greg Gaines, who is having such a good year. But he also had that, like, you know, goofy play where he kind of just got bumped into Derek Carr for that weird-ass interception. Um, I, yeah, just, just, again, it was just us me focusing on him, and I just didn't think he played played too strong. I'll give you
0: one more too. go for it. Um, and I think he's been playing really well, but they need him to play almost at a pro bowl level. Just given him what else is going on at corner on this team. And th- th- that's Trent McDuffie who he gave him just two catches, but one was a touchdown where he, he um, the the, they ran uh, the Broncos were down in the red zones and, and they ran these crossing routes and he kind of, he, he got mixed up. And and followed his man when he should have stuck to his zone, gave mm. up the touchdown. And then he had a 40-yard DPI that led to a score and it kind of kept the Broncos in it. And just give him the play that was happening opposite him. Um at cornerback, they need him to be playing like I know it's just two mistakes and he's been playing really good football. But they, they need so much more out of him as they go to the playoffs because yeah. the Chiefs, seeing what what the Broncos were doing to the Chiefs prior to Russell Wilson getting hurt uh, is, is is really scary because that this Broncos offense is <laughs> one of the worst so in NFL bad. history. Yeah. And then they came alive against the Chiefs because that secondary is so questionable. Yeah, Bur- um,
1: Burrow and Chase last week felt like they took what they wanted when they needed it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so it's just
0: like yeah, McDuffie just two little mistakes, but the the those mistakes mean so much more to this defense than yeah others. I, totally. Um, you want to get to looks like a hit?
1: Yeah, I'm giving it to uh, the rookie top ten offensive tackle matchup we got this week in, in the Pacific Northwest of both Iki Aquanu and Charles Cross. Um, starting with Iki, baby. He gave up one sack, but it was Bruce Irvin. Like, who wouldn't give up a sack to Bruce Irvin, baby? Uh, and that looks like, like the first sack he gave up since week three or or something like that. Um, but in the run, whoo, just a fucking mauler. Just a mauler. And, like, Seattle's run defense is historically bad, but he was a monster. Like, he just looked great, right, like, you know, in, in movement, pulling. Um, was just mauling dudes, like I said. And, like, I feel like he had that rocky start to the season. And Carolina just is not good, and no one's watching them, so people like don't realize that he's really turned the season around. he has been really good. And on the flip side, um, literal flip side, Charles Cross was just really, 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 really clean in pass protection. Just I, every time he was had Brian Burns, I thought he shut him down. Just like really clean, really like balanced. Uh, one of his best his best performances of the year. So kind of like on the opposite, well, not on the opposite end of the spectrum, but one guy doing it at such a high level in the pass protection game. The other as a run blocker uh unfortunately Evan Neal's you know didn't have a good week this week but I'm glad that I'm glad to see both of these rookie tackles shining and I'll throw one more in because he's my guy Chigakonkwo baby week in week out he's performing 45 yards six catches a touchdown where he's just a little in route that beat uh beat um Devon Lloyd uh but just like I don't know really solid just really solid turning into a full tight end I think his blocking needs some work but that's not shocking at all but yeah, um, I love Chig. I love Cross and Aki. I'm glad they're all playing really well. Um, I'll go with a guy who nice little hit for us both.
0: Um, Ravens nose tackle Travis Jones. Yeah, I love
1: Travis Jones,
0: who's being overshadowed uh, just by kind of all the star power I think on that Baltimore defense. But he has been so so quietly strong the last couple of weeks. I, I mean he's fully taken on that starting nose tackle role. And I know that means he's playing like 30% of (laughs) snaps only, but like Pittsburgh couldn't run the ball on him. Uh, Pittsburgh tried. They ran the ball for 65 yards on 20 attempts. Uh, Travis Jones only played 29% of the snaps, which was really only 16 snaps. But when he was in there, like sticking him next to Calais Campbell, it's just, it's madness because Claire Campbell's so still so big and powerful and athletic, and Travis Jones is just uh, occupying Mason Cole and and um, and uh, the the Steelers' poor play at guard. And uh, I don't know, it's just been fun to watch. And statistically,
1: it doesn't show up because he's just an old school nose tackle, but it's great. Jones has got more to him than that, but, yeah, that's just what he's doing. I love But, like, yeah, the- that's what they're yeah. asking of yeah. him right now, right? De- yeah, yeah, definitely. I love seeing the no-sackle position coming back in favor, and I think it's just going to keep on going, you know? Like like the running game in general has come back in favor this year, and then 3-4 style-y, I know it's more, you know, multiple looks, but that's coming back in favor big time too. Like it's just going to keep on going and – and there's a couple of nose tackles in this draft, obviously led by Siaka Ika, but the Seahawks are in desperate need of a nose tackle right now. And I that's I want them to double down, Jalen Carter and, and Ika. That's what I want right now. That
0: like, would be insane.
1: How could you do anything on that? That's what I want. Every time I do a mock draft, that's what I'm doing. Um <laughs> moving on, my looks like a miss. Um it's not a guy who had a bad game this week per se, but because he did nothing. But <laughs> we just haven't talked about him much all year, and it's Jalen Tolbert and it's cuz he's done nothing all year. Um and this was another week of nothing. Like Tolbert like just blew a good opportunity this year. He's he's had two catches for 12 yards all season. Dallas was so thin at wide receiver like for for at the beginning of the year and all through the year. Uh now you know Washington's back and he's he's barely he's barely been able to get active on game days. And this is a guy you know had a really good senior bowl, looked like a great landing spot, looked like a really good fit. In Dallas and it's just really not come together like at all. And a rookie that this could have been so much better and I, I don't know, man. Like I I had him sixty fourth overall and it's just just nothing.
0: Yeah, it I, I really thought he'd be kind of like a, a big hit early on. Yeah. Everything lined especially up Especially, like for, for for the fantasy folks out there too. Yep. Yeah. Um, um everything lined up and it just has not. My looks like a miss is for everybody. Brock Purdy. None of us thought he would be really anything for the, for the most part. Most of the draft order did not think Mm -hmm. he was going to be anything was a throwaway pick at Mr. Irrelevant. He has already exceeded all expectations. Nothing matters from this point on. He's a miss because he's come in and helped win two games against the Dolphins and the Bucks. 49ers are a win away from winning the NFC West. He has five touchdowns in two games. Um, it's it's been it's been a really fun rookie storyline the last 2 weeks.
1: Yeah, anonymous for the people who say he's going to be first round pick 2 years ago, so.
0: Yeah, Shadow Walter football.
1: <laughs> um, uh, needs to step it up. Yeah, my needs to step it up is is Boye Mafe of the Seahawks. who also another guy we haven't talked that much about, but he has been playing a fair amount th- this year and the last 2 weeks the snap count has kind of been on the decline. And like I said four fucking times already, so I was is brutal. Um I just feel like he hasn't done much, and he really needs to put together a few, like, flashy games down the stretch because, like, he really not, has not shown anything to prove he's worth the 40th overall pick in this draft. I like him off A, and, and he's a little bit of an older prospect, too. Uh, but I like him a lot, but just hasn't come yet. I mean, sales front is, you know, brutal, but at least as a pass rush you'd like to see. And he get glimpses early on, but it's really not much of anything going on. So down the stretch, that's someone you need to see something from. I'll give you three. Uh Bengals corner Cam Taylor-Britt,
0: who's been a recurring guest at this spot. Mm-hmm. Um, he did have a, a couple pass breakups, some solid tackles, and and they really went after him. Uh, Ten targets, gave up five for seventy three, which doesn't sound terrible, but like the nasty man is a terrible, like playing terrible right yeah. now. And but Amari Cooper and DPJ were really getting the best of Cam Taylor-Britt. Uh, and honestly, DPJ dropped a touchdown on a fade that would have really put the Browns back in this game against the Bengals. Um, Taylor Brick got a little lucky there. Uh, Perion Winfrey on the other side of that, he just... He's kind of a... not Like, he's he played 52% of He's abs, yeah. And he's just doing nothing. Yeah. Like, he was getting taken to task by Alex Kappa, Cordell Volson, Alex Karras. The Goats, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Or Ted Karras, not Alex Karras. Yeah. Um, and just kind of getting walked on, on the run game. The Bengals are running the hell out of the football. And I also thought, like, Logan Hall just has been a non-factor in recent yeah. weeks for Tampa.
1: Yeah. And I mean, like, one of like, the who's drafted, it's like, okay, you know, they're loaded up front. They won't need him, blah, blah, blah. Um, they need him. They need him. And he really, like, there was glimpses early in the season, but no, he's, I agree, non-factor. Um, For not ready to play,
0: I mentioned the Chiefs' corners. The Joshua Williams-Jalen Watson combo yeah. is really concerning. Those two were a part of the reason Jerry Judy went off. Uh, targeted a combined nine times, give up six catches, 63 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, there, I think the th- the thing is, well, one about Joshua Williams is he's a very raw, athletic, talented corner coming out of Fayetteville State that needed a year, I think. Mm-hmm. to adjust the NFL and kind of um, kind of, work on his technique. And he's just been thrown in the fire. And Jalen Watson was a seventh-round pick. Like, he shouldn't be playing either. And it's just they're playing three rookie corners so much right now.
1: Yeah, and that's going to be hard to win in, in the playoffs when you're doing that, regardless of who you have a quarterback. And in, in that
0: same game, opposite, Luke Wattenberg got the start for the Broncos. And, man, Chris Jones just said, hey, that's, Ricky, welcome to the NFL. Oh, man. That's that's a, that's a fucking brutal matchup. It, if it makes you feel like – Quinn Miners is the best Broncos offensive lineman.
1: Yes. I love Quinn Miners. Friend of the show. Never forget. Friend of the it. show. Uh, my not ready to play is uh, Christian Harris, the Texans linebacker, who I just thought was, like, so out of position so frequently. Like, like you know, he hasn't played a whole ton, but play, playing a bunch now for – he played every snap – uh, just, I thought the instincts were just not there right now. Like, just taking a long time to read plays and misreading plays. Just playing slow when he's, you know, when he is a fast player, right? And, like, like when he went, just went out and made plays and they let him just shoot downhill or whatever, he, he had something going there. Had a decent PBU. Uh, was productive as a blitzer, actually, like the, the two times they did it, I think it was. Um, but just, yeah, just instinctually and, you know, reading and reacting is just not there for him right now. Um,. That sucks, but they should just keep on playing him. Oh absolutely. Shit. Absolutely. Yeah. Let him let them. I think there's a guy that's, you know, just gonna keep getting better with, with playing time when you're when those are your issues, right? Yeah. Alright. Best day three rookie and, and UDFA rookie, just full running backs for me. Um
0: Best Day three rookies, Isaiah Pacheco continues to just be such a fun yeah like threat in that Chiefs backfield. His he he is so explosive, but also so angry the way he runs. Just a couple different runs in this game against the Broncos. Just breaking like three tackles a pop. It's just like five-yard run, five-yard run. But, wow, it's fun to watch. Um, Kevin Harris out of nowhere on Monday Night Football. Yeah. This little contact balance touchdown run against the Cardinals. Um, And uh, what was this? Uh, Thursday Night Football when Kyron Williams barely played but looked good when he did. Yeah. Uh, I also grant Calcaterra down because in the first quarter
1: against the Giants, two catches, 24 yards, two first downs. I'm going to give it just to one guy who, you know, it's it, to me the most fun rookie pass rusher isn't Thibodeau, isn't Hutchinson, isn't Walker. It's it's Hutchinson's teammate James Houston, who just every time he's getting on the field, he's he's been so damn good. He needs more snaps. Like, is he, he your third for defensive rookie of the year? Exactly. Yeah, he hit a little ghost move and like just just <laughs> to- toasted the dude and got low and sacked Cousins. Uh, he's got juice coming off the edge and like. Like at worst, he's looking like a very, very solid situational pass rusher, he's, which is really all he's playing at right now. He's played three games, and he's like
0: third among rookies in sacks. He's really good. <laughs> the best part is he's played like thirty-eight snaps in three games. Like yeah. he's really he, he's playing a little bit more each game, but he's still really not playing that much.
1: No, and they got to keep playing him. I mean, and and I think and you you
0: you allude to it well. Just the quality of these pass rushes. Yeah.
1: Like yeah. the one against against Jacksonville, I'm still not over. It's yeah. It's not like these are hustle sacks. You're just toasting, dude. It's like just the quickness and explosiveness on the edge is just is big time there with Houston. Is is he Elvis Dumervil too? Yep, you called it. You said it. That's the comp.
0: Thank you. Um, best UDFA rookies going back to the running back. Well, Jordan Mason in garbage time. He's good. Jordan Mason looked like the lesser. Version of Isaiah Pacheco. <laughs> yeah. He's just running so fucking angry. Yeah, he is. And it, yeah, he ran for 56 yards in garbage time, but looked really good. And I mean, 49ers just find running backs everywhere. And I I hope they kind of take a little more off CMC's shoulders as Jordan Mason continues to emerge. Uh, I also have Jalen Warren down. He had 27 yards from scrimmage, but he's just a fun bowling ball. He converted like a third and 18 on a dump off. It was fun. And, oh, oh, Keir Thomas for the Rams uh, against the Raiders. He had a TFL and he had a second
1: TFL call back because he was held. Um, he was just putting in good work against the run. Um, do you think the, the Niners, like, have to draft a third-round running back that doesn't do anything to, like, sacrifice them for a late or un- under yeah. rookie that's good? To, to, to motivate these these weird guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Mason's been really good. Um, my UDFA rookie is Zonovan uh, Knight. Bam Knight, baby. Who is... Really, really good. Seventy-one yards and seventeen carries. His touchdown. He's explosive. He's slippery. He's got good contact balance. He's like, he's going to have a role for the Jets for a while. Like, and if if it's not in New York, it's somewhere else. I think he's a good football player. He belongs. Um, The touchdown run was nice. Like, just a sweep. Got outside. Made a guy miss. Uh, Slipped a tackle. Like I said, he's just slippery. He's a slippery dude. Uh, Broke broke nine tackles and seventeen carries. It kills me that I haven't got to do a Bam Nike. I know, yet. I know. I'm I'm gonna let you have the Jets this week. I don't know
0: who they're playing, but you can have them. Wow, thank you so much. You're
1: welcome. Never thought not. Never
0: thought I'd be begging for a Jets game. But <laughs> they, <laughs> they're fun. They are fun. I haven't
1: got to enjoy Mike White just taking a beating yet. Oh, poor guy. I felt so bad for Mike White. <laughs> so you could just Ed Oliver and company up front just pff, abusing him. It just like it's like they kept hitting him in the same spot, just right in the gut. Like a poor guy.
0: Um, rookies who flashed. George Pickens looked good with uh, Trubisky in there. He made a couple great sideline grabs. Um, three catches, 78 yards against the Ravens was the Steelers' best offensive player. Um, George Karloftis, who had a hustle sack on Russell Wilson, had another hit on him and broke up a, a pass to the line of scrimmage with a batted ball. Uh, he's been very solid. Mm-hmm, we just haven't talked has. about him that much. Yeah. Uh, and Martin Emerson, who can continues to be one of the most underrated rookies in this class for the Browns. Joe Burrow like, just didn't
1: really even bother going after him. Emerson Goat, baby. Um, Pretty much. First rookie flash has to be the first rookie flash. Jameson Williams, baby. He's back. Uh, only one catch, but it was a 41-yard touchdown. Just so fucking fast. Got wide open. Uh, his only other target, which is a quick throw to the backfield, like behind line of scrimmage. Uh, he dropped it, but what do I know where anyway? So I don't care. Um, like I said earlier, Aiden Hutchinson had a good game. Uh, a sack, two TFL, six pressures. He toasted Brian O'Neill. Maybe his best rep of the season. Like, just a good get-off and a nice swipe and just um, got to Cousins. Um, had a couple other pressures. Good game um, overall, I thought. Uh, Sauce Garner, not a flashy game. Only two targets. One, gave up one catch for six yards. Just locked down. Just locked down. Like, what else is new for Sauce? Uh, Damian Pierce had a good game, seventy yards of touchdown. Did fumble, but just running hard like he always does. Good patience. Um, Travon Walker, like I said, good game. Only played fifty-one percent of snaps. Had a strip sack. Yeah, um, I saw it. Only twelve pass rush snaps. Seven where he dropped into cover. I thought that was weird. They,
0: they've been doing that though. Every time I watch, uh, every time I get the Jags game, they 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 use him in all these ways, and like it, it works. Like he looks good in space a lot of the time yeah but it's
1: weird yeah like he he one of his cover snaps he was on coverage and on chig uh kind of like he, he had a big hit it was a good play like he gave up some yards or whatever and then the next play was the strip sack and like chig kind of chipped him and then he just dennis Daly is terrible he's playing left tackle just completely whiffed and walker finished and yeah it's kind of weird the way they're using him i i get it but i don't get it um and then quickly two two linebackers who i thought kind of had decent games. Demon Clark is playing for the Cowboys, and he, he's looking pretty decent. And uh, our guy, Rodrigo, Malcolm Rodriguez, another just solid game, really nice t- TFL. He's always really solid. Yeah, he. Uh, I think he's
0: second in the NFL among rookies in TFLs. That adds up. It's it's been a, a lot of TFLs. <laughs> um, my out of nowhere rook, of course. I, I I appreciate you not mentioning him yet because you know he is mine. To mention and that is Pierre Strong, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who came in for the Patriots at running back with their injuries against the Cardinals and produced 90 yards from scrimmage on seven touches, played just 19 snaps, had that 44 yard run where my boy got north south. He just looked like Pierre Strong, yeah, yeah, had the touchdown. Um, he people forget he tested so well, like, he is a very athletic running back. Uh, he's that kind of one-cut-plays-bigger-than-he-is style. He's, he's a little petite, but he, he makes up for it with uh, the angriness in which he runs. Um, I was so happy to see him. I hope he carves it a role. He, he'd been playing special teams only up to this point, and uh, he he had taken a bad penalty earlier this year, and I was scared we'd never see him again just because that's the Patriot way.
1: But yeah, I, Again, I am not happy that the Patriots drafted Kevin Harrison and Pierre Strong because of what they have in front of them. And both are really good. I love Kevin Harris. I love Pierre Strong. I mean that one run where he just you know you know had the ball covered in that one little cut outside, it just looked like South Dakota State, Pierre Strong. Um my out of nowhere Rook, is is Cade Mays, baby, who was lining up at fullback on a couple snaps for the Carolina Hell Panthers. Yeah. Uh had one the first time they did it, got out there, had a big block, blocking through the whistle, got a first down, it was fun. Uh and then they were talking to like Brady Christiansen, I guess, after the game or whatever. And uh they got an eight man off the line package that, that package that they nicknamed Arby's because they got the meat. Which I is I heard <laughs> about that. They got a lot of. So yeah, Kate C- not makes them out
0: in our rookie. Um, going finally to to start the rook, uh after the Cardinals lost and, and obviously Kyler's done for the year uh on Monday Night Football. Like, they should just play MyJ Sanders and Cameron Thomas so much more. Please. Like, I know... Yeah. Like, MyJ Sanders has been playing more and more. He played 54% of the snaps this week, but he's also... Was well, solid, since I thought. We, yeah, since week nine, he's played between 16 and 54%, very, very wide range. Has five pressures and a sack in that time. Thomas has played between 16 and 33% in that time. Has a sack, a PBU, and three pressures. I mean, let's just play them both. Like, they both have had a couple flashes. Thomas looked good when they played the Chargers... Um I I just want to see more of them.
1: Yeah, yeah, Thomas Thomas kind of forced that one interception. Um but yeah, like I I don't know. You got to think that whole regime, obviously Steve Kime is uh stepping away from football for medical reasons uh tonight and you got to think that whole regime is going to be uh different come next year. So but yeah, I, I, they've both shown glimpses and dream has been really impressive at times.
0: Yeah. So
1: I'm going. I'm going with another pass rusher who was a first round pick. Um, it was Jermaine Johnson, and and he, this is actually the most snaps he split all year at forty percent. So he seems to be trending in the right direction. So I just want to keep that kind of going. And like he didn't flash too much on defense, I thought, but like he blocked a punt for a safety, and it was it's a great play. Just beat 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 the uh the, the guy that, that was blocking him, and just I, I want to see if he can you know keep that momentum going. You know, Mike Norvell quote tweeted us, so I got I got to give him a shout out, of course. Yeah, you just carrying Mike Norvell's water. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm Seminole Nation for
0: life. All right. C- congrats uh, to you and the Seminole Nation on Joaquin Bell.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I, like I said to you uh, off show, uh, Norvell's going to turn him into the next, uh, you know, running back, wide receiver, whatever weapon, baby.